You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom. This is some of my best friends, or Kabbalists. I'm here with Rav Nelson Meltoglik in Ashkelo and Eretz Yisrael. Uh, Rav Nelson, I know that, um, you know, in Eretz Yisrael, things move at breakneck speed. Uh, the crisis of two weeks ago has been replaced by the crisis of this week. Uh, but I think there's still something lingering uh, from the Maroon tragedy, something that we've, um, uh, of course, we spoke about it. We, I think, did a, I don't know if it was a deep dive, but we definitely um, attempted to respond to things and to learn uh, learn from the Zohar itself. Uh, but uh, I think there's been a current, especially since that tragedy occurred, of uh, shining the light on on Haredi, um, not so much their stubbornness, but you know the Haredi's inability to understand that you need to work within a system, and the the way you work within the system is based on the logical principles that have been developed by uh, sophisticated communities that, in fact, are already in place in Eretz Israel. and I think the um, the, I guess the person who spoke loudest, or at least in many people's minds, was the most eloquent in terms of making this point, was Rabbi Dr. Natan Slifkin, uh, who posits himself as the champion of rationalist Judaism. Um, uh, the way he understands the, the great divide between himself and others who think like him and the Haredi world. The Haredi world, although they're not Kabbalists, but they are influenced by uh, a mystical system, a system that believes in otherworldly powers uh, that affect their lives on a daily basis, which results, whether they study Kabbalah or not, into having this idea about how God takes care of us uh, in a much more, uh, a much different way than, than what he says rational Judaism does. And case in point, in terms of what's happening in Eretz Yisrael, was that the Israelis, um, Israeli government is ready to deal with situations like um, their own coming up with a way to understand crowd control and uh, safety measures. Whereas the Orthodox world, the Haredi world, not the Orthodox world, the Haredi world sees everything in the hands of God and it's just our uh, what we need to do is just make our hishtadlis. We just have to, but our hishtadlis really is just illusory. Really, God, of course, controls every moment. God is really involved in every step. And what we just need to do is 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 sort of like put a certain effort forward, at the same time having the knowledge that it really isn't our effort that gets anything done. It's all really God's will and what God wants to happen. Uh, Slifkin, uh, who has ascribed this to Rav Dessler, among other thinkers, says that this thing that permeates uh, Haredi Yeshiva world thought um, is, 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 has turned out to be somewhat deadly, because it turns out that when things like that happen, the, they do not look inward and make big changes. Uh, they fall back on what he considers this primitive, um, uh, very much uh, dangerous way of looking at the world. And um, you know, I think Slifkin has gotten a lot of people on board with this. There's a lot of people who have read his ideas and thought that they were cogent and thought that they made a lot of sense and that um, they might have disagreed with 
his attacks on specific people like Rafael Kanievsky and others. And, and you've heard my podcast where I, um, you know, took umbrage to, to Slifkin you know, starting up with Rafael and, and, and he made various inceptions. But many people feel that despite the types of gloves he used, the basic content of his critique is correct. So I know that you've also read them and thought about them. And since, you know, this is in a way a challenge to yourself because you are our Kabbalist. You are a person who lives in the Kabbalah world. What, what, how do you respond uh, to Slifkin's uh, attack and his, his criticism? Yeah. Okay, so to begin with, I, um, I can't necessarily relate so much to the animus that he has towards, towards the Haredi world. Um, because I try, you know, sincerely to, to look at the best in everybody. And, and there's a lot of goodness spread out all over here. So I, I wouldn't want to, um, as I think I said before, one of our previous discussions, I wouldn't want to be mikatreg on Am Yisrael or any particular community in Am Yisrael. I mean, nobody, nobody sits around, you know, thinking, ha, 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 we, you know, let's be irresponsible so people can die. You know, nobody nobody thinks like that. It's it's there's other there's other issues. There's other, you know. Let's put it this way: everybody has their blind spots. Okay, but in when when you get right down to the bottom of it, I do uh, sympathize very strongly with uh, with um, Rav Natan Slifkin's um, basic point. You know that it's you can't start pulling out all sorts of all sorts of musavortim about we need to you know we need to strengthen shmira shabbos we need to strengthen uh, women covering their hair or you know you need to either use wear shaitels or not wear shaitels and use and use headscarves all of that stuff is kind of missing the point because what you really need to to be mocked on and and the, the the primary message which you're going to get whether hakadosh whether you look at this as being a natural consequence of of having a flippant attitude towards uh, towards danger or whether you or whether this is a message from hakadosh baruch and because obviously there's no contradiction between those two things the message is be careful about people's lives from you know leman hashem okay you know shmiras nefesh is a major 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 mitzvah i mean basically everything in yiddishkeit falls away if if you're trying to save somebody's life, except for certain things, you know. So how can we have such a flippant attitude towards, you know, towards the possibility of damaging people, you know, and, and not only, you know, not only the possibility of killing them, but even the possibility of causing nezek. I mean, you know, so somebody who, somebody who causes nezek has that kind of grama benazokin, so maybe grama benazokin is potter bedine yodam, but he's certainly Okay, and and to be meinei nezek from from somebody is a is a very very big mitzvah. I mean, these are these are also mitzvahs. Matke legagecho is a is a mitzvah. You know, you make a bracha on it. So so there there does seem to be some inability to actually take a look at what the what the plain sense lesson of the of the event is. Um, and I guess maybe they don't want to look at the plain sense lesson of the plain sense of the lesson because they think that if I if I look at the practical aspect of it, that means that it's not really a communication from a Kaddish Baruch And I don't care about the practicalities. I only care about getting the message from God. Okay. And they think that there's some sort of dichotomy between the between the two 
things, or at least they, intuitively they feel that there's a dichotomy, uh, which leads them to think the way they do. You know, to my way of thinking, um, there is no dichotomy. You know, lessons min are shamayim, and, and lessons from reality are, are going to fundamentally add up to the same thing most of the time. Okay, and um, so that would be like my initial, you know, my my initial response. Yeah, and I, and I actually think that there was many people in, in the Haredi world, the Frum world, Yeshiva world, would say the exact same thing. Uh, nobody was um, questioning that um, safety measures needed to be improved. Once all the investigations revealed that there was a lot of corners that were being cut and other things, I think everybody um, within the Frum world that I would say you know, looks at things and let's say a normal, I'm not going to say rational or mystical perspective, but a normal way of things would obviously agree that we need to uh, we need to ask strong questions and we need to change things and things need to be altered. And there was definitely risks that were taken that were unnecessary. And I guess when they discovered the payoffs and the people that were making the money from it, um, I think that the, uh, you know, I don't want to spend that much time on this. I think yeah. Swifton um, you know, brought up all the Pashkavilis from, from 10 years ago or whatever it was um, that, you know, all the Godolim were saying, don't let the government take over the holy places. Don't let them uh, run everything that's going on in their own. These Makomas are Kedoshim. Um, and Slifkin sh- uses that uh, to make his point that uh, here they were, the Godolim Yisrael resisting what's considered just the normal way a country needs to run, which is based on universal standards of safety, which happens in every single country with engineers and people who understand crowd control and people understand ventilation yeah. and all these things. And here they were making this fight and Rebel Yoshev and others' names were being attached to let's not allow uh, Marone to become part of the, the, the secularists. And Sufkin, of course, drags this up to show how this is, this is what has, again, been a... Uh, a, a, an attitude um, which, like he again says, is that they don't even realize we're in a state. They, uh, it's still it's 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 centered in a European or Boas mentality. Yeah. Uh, that's part of well. Part of, but, 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 let just, me let me interject here yeah. something. Okay, I'm I don't know if that's really the point that one needs to that one needs to learn. I mean, you're talking about a religious community, and there are many religious communities like that. Okay, that simply do not or on some very deep fundamental level, do not buy into Medinat Israel. Okay? Now you can you can dress this up, you can kind of slightly deny it, you can mitigate the you can mitigate the position. The position itself is changing dramatically over the years. And it's your Haredi communities of today are not your Haredi communities of 50 years ago. Okay, but you know, there certainly are all over the world religious communities that have that have a deep seated sense of of um disdain okay for for the government you know for the secular government okay that's that's nothing new and i think ultimately it's within the right of a religious community to have that attitude if they want to i can disagree with it i think it may you know i think it's i think it's misguided okay and i'm much more open towards the idea of of uh, you know i think we you know taking my taking my example from um you know, from the idea of Lagba Omer and its connection to, to Achav and to Yeruvam, you know, and, which we which we discussed at uh, at considerable length previously. You know, I don't think that uh, a a Malchus has to necessarily be from in order to in order to have religious meaning. 
you know. Um, but putting, you know, putting all that aside, if you don't agree with that and you want to, you know, and, and you want to live in a closed community and, and let's say you even want to refuse to take money from Medinat Israel and, and like back in the old days, you want to issue your very own slips of paper that will serve as, as monopoly money for your community, okay? Yeah, kol kavod, that's fine. The point, the point is, however, that you cannot use this as a reason why, you know, to be mezalzel with, with human life. And there is a certain kind of myopia, um, I don't know, what, what's the word I'm looking for, a certain kind of nearsightedness that I think for some reason is, is runs very deep with um, from thinking. I don't, know, I don't know how else to say it. And it's a, it's a tendency to look at the religious, that's not, not necessarily the religious, look, you know, to, to value Ben Adam Lamakim over Ben Adam Lachavere in halacha, in priorities, you know, in all of the all of the uh, um, all of the measurements which which matter, and you can go back to the Tanakh and you can see that uh, that Nevi'a Yisrael have a do they really scream about this? You know, why you know why have a base amigdash? If you if you aren't providing justice for widows and orphans, you know. So people, you know, people listening to to Yeshayahu's uh, message probably thought themselves, uh, you know, to be very very from and very good Jews. And, and I'm, I'm doing all these look, I'm look at all the mitzvahs that I'm doing. I'm doing mitzvahs. I'm doing mitzvahs. In the meanwhile, I'm so busy doing mitzvahs that I don't know the poor guy that I'm trampling underfoot. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I don't look. You know, I don't look at the fact that I make a, you know, I make a, 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 a business deal with, let's say, another Jew, okay? Um, if, it's, if it's with a non-Jew, you know, you, you, know, you can add the Chilul Hashem to that, to, to that problem. But, you know, I knowingly make a deal with somebody and I contract for a certain, you know, I, I contract for a certain, num- certain amount of product in, in, uh, in exchange for X, right? And I know that I don't have the ability to pay X. So what am I going to do? I'm not. I'm not going to pay it all. I'm going to. I'm going to. You know. I'm. I'm going to take the. I'm going to take the merchandise, and I'm going to. And I'm going to. Uh, uh, basically, default on the payment, and then when the guy comes trying to collect, I'll make a deal with him. I'll say, listen, you know what? I'll give you. I'll give you ninety cents on a dollar. How's that? So basically, what I just did is I is I is I cut myself a ten percent discount, but it's not. It's not ten percent discount. It's it's it's. I know it's Gezel, it's 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 Ramois, it's whatever you want, but this sort of thing is considered absolutely normative. In the, I mean, you know, I've heard enough stories. Okay, okay? so so look, Nelson, I think we're all. In a, I think even if Slifkin was here, and maybe in spirit he is. I don't know if, if he believes in spirit anyway. But let's say you know again, <laughs> I, I think we all see that not only in. In the VM of but throughout Turkey, Ovis, and, and throughout uh, various Agadatas and Gemaras, the importance of Ben Mukhaver, the importance of of Pruta uh, Kemeya, the idea of 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 of, of the main Avedizor is Gezel, and the, the idea of it's it's all wrapped up. There's no question about it. And 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 I, I think really what I what I want you to talk about is what I believe is much you know I think the bigger point, which is that. That you know the the side that Slifkin is the champion for, what he calls rational Judaism, is ultimately a more healthy, important side. And basically, what whether Slifkin is aware of it or not, I'm sure he knows um, 
I'm sure he's aware of the history. But the idea of how mysticism and a mystical viewpoint has been undermined uh, Claudius Stroll's progress is something that, of course, Gratz um, was, was, you know, was the extreme champion of that idea uh, in his history, which was extremely uh, influential. It was a book that was read by many in German. It was, wow, here's the big history of the whole Jewish people. And, you know, Gratz talks about, and, and, and others, David Kahana and others uh, of, his, of that ilk, uh, of that group, really point to mysticism and Shadal in many ways, uh, as well, that this has been the bane. This has not been what has been great about us. It's, it's, it's when mystical uh, thought uh, has been, has, has, has pushed us down. Uh, obviously, you know, Gershon Sholem and other uh, right. thinkers and Buber and others, uh, you know, have, you know, were responsible for a resurgence in the 20th century of, of seeing mysticism as something great. I think the success of Chabad and other Hasidic movements, uh, and and in general the disillusionment uh, that many of the rational world had in the 20th century after the World War II, led to a return and an appreciation to mystical thought. So I really think when you know when Slifkin is holding this banner, you know I thought it was a joke really when he started with his rationalist Judaism. Um, I, I, you know I love the Rambam, I love the Maranevuchim. Uh, it's a great safer. Uh, it's a it's a wonderful place to dive into, but we know there are concepts and ideas and 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 principles there that have that are outmoded, outdated, and really is, are the type of things that um, you know make a great doctoral essay, but aren't necessarily things you're supposed to live by. And now here, Swiftkin is deciding that he's going to live according to these principles. And now, uh, again, that this that these events have occurred, whether it's uh, not. Confined, not not living up to the COVID rules, or you know, and, and, and even the responses of like you said, and I agree with you, they sound empty and, and, and ridiculous. You know, let's 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 be more makbar on lashon hara next time. Let's be more makbar on lashon hara. You know, lashon hara. I can tell. I can tell you. Yeah, everybody should be more more on lashon hara. No, but, um, I, but I agree. But 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 that, that, that should be the main response to Miron. I'm all for that, uh, right? But, yeah. but that should be the um, main response to the deaths of people dancing by Chai. No, is, is, is wrong. So no, Shmir and Efish, should be the main response. But you know, let me let me let me so, address what you were saying. So that, that's okay? really what I want you to say. Okay, you, okay. You make the you know, put on the gloves, and basically, you know, te- you know, show. You know that this is not some sort of, you know, you know, st- head stuck in the sand, a primitive, uh, you know, cancer. But then rather, and that's the reason why we have this program, is because it's not just to oh, mm. isn't, isn't Kabbalah fun? Isn't Kabbalah weird? This is not Scientology. To us, this is this is the truth. So this is where I want you to 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 you know go on the attack, if you will. Okay. Yeah. You don't you don't get much. By trying to get me to go on the attack, you know, you know what I mean. Not my, but, it's not my but, style. But, but the, uh, the gauntlet was, was I understand. Okay, so let me let me get to it. Down. And and basically, even the title of his uh, of his blog, and and as he continues to trumpet, is that again? You see, rationalism is where it's at. This is really going to save things. You guys are stuck in this in, okay. in, in this voodoo. Go ahead. So here's the here would be 
my response to that. Actually, I almost came very, very close to writing it up, you know, writing this on, on Slifkin's blog, but I, re I responded to a few things on the blog at one time, other minor kind of details, and I never got, never felt that I'd got noticed. So I didn't think there was all that much point in pouring my heart out um, in a response when I didn't know if anybody was going to read it. Uh, but here's the, here's the, at least the way that I see it. Okay. You have, you know, you have the Ramban, okay, and the Ramban is the one that introduces the idea that that fundamentally the nature of reality can be perceived and should be perceived as an interplay between Hakadosh Baruch Hu and the person who loves him and who Hakadosh Baruch Hu loves, right? And that in that context, in in the, in the context of that perspective, that first to begin with, everything is miraculous. Not just miracles are miraculous, everything is a miracle. The, the little invisible miracles that go along, you know, that go along with life, okay, the miracles that you don't pay attention to are, are the ones that are really critical for sustaining that, sustaining that attitude. And having experience of such miracles is an important thing. And I, and I have lots of experiences with, with those kind of miracles. Um, let's, you know, let's talk about how me and my wife met and, and a whole bunch of other things. Too, too numerous to count, as a matter of fact. And, you know, with all these miracles, the Ramban is completely aware that if you want to be rationalistic about it, you can say, well, it's all just happenstance. That's the way the world works. But the Ramban says, you know, it's extremely important to experience this as part of your living connection with, with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And what we get out of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim is the idea that everything is miraculous. Now, I want to tell you, there's, a, there's, a, there's an ironic flip side to that to that idea, and that is that if everything is miraculous, so therefore God is 100% doing all of the bad things too. The things that you, you know, the things that make you suffer, that's all from, that's all from him too, directly. And then you're, you know, and then you're, then your question is, well, okay, so does this mean that I deserve it? It's a punishment? Well, okay, that would certainly fit in with the biblical uh, uh, perspective on things. But, you know, there's also Eov. Uh, there's also the book of Job, and, and, you know, so what's going on over there? And I think really, you know, after you ponder this for a while, you begin to realize that, you know, that if everything is from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then, then the distinction between something that causes you intense suffering and something that causes you intense joy is that, is that this I experience as intense suffering and this I experience as intense joy, but it's all, it's all him. And because it's all him, therefore it is all good and i think that's really the secret of eating more on on uh on by leila Seder. you know so part of the part of the joy and the wonder and the magnificent outpouring of divine loves that's matzah that's pesach but then you know you don't have pesach and matzah without eating the bitter herb which you know according to the partsufim and the mukwalim it's it's uh, it's you have to integrate partsuf leia in order to be mavr the moichin to to partsuf rachel Okay, fine. Don't want to get into, it. but you know the you, get, you got the idea. The I think the Balatanya pretty much says that anything that causes you suffering is an orally kus that that um, you cannot assimilate through your regular moichin. Okay, and therefore anybody you know ain't aniu celebadas. Rabbi Nachman makes a makes a similar point somewhere. Okay, so that's the that's the that's the basic package 
the basic experience of religious reality that the, that the Ramban is trying to sell. And that's what we get out of the whole experience of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Right? However, there is another side to the year. Okay, the, and, and, and it's coming up. Okay, we're talking about the Chagei Tishrei. And Chagei Tishrei celebrate creation, you know, Hayem Haras And the motifs are different. The ideas are different. The processes are different. And, and I think that the idea of, of, uh, of Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur Sukkot, you know, comes from the perspective that, wait a second, no, reality has to be objective. If all you have is this, you know, warm and fuzzy interplay between a human being and a Kaddish Baruch Hu, and that's, that's all of reality, and there is no such thing as nature, and nothing, nothing there is no real universe, it, you know, everything, everything is just a likus in, in, in some sense, then reality is not real, and the world is not real. And ultimately, I don't have the primary ability to, to create anything, which is certainly one of the reasons why we're here. You can't be a moral and ethical person if everything is a dream. So there is definitely a sense where we accept upon ourselves the burden of existing as creatures in the world as part of our spiritual path to HaKadosh Baruch You can, really can't have one without the other. You, know, you can't even appreciate the freedom of Pesach if you don't have a, a constraint to be liberated from. Right. And I think, you know, in the end, that really is HaKadosh Baruch Hu's answer to, to Eov at the end of, you know, at the end of the book, when after, you know, why are you doing this to me? What's going on? What's happening? And, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu obviously doesn't answer Eov directly. He just tells Eov, first of all, you don't understand your own nature. I think this is the way the Ramban takes it. You know, where were you when I created this? You know, from me bet and me at Sahakerach. Where were you before I created? Where were you before you existed? And then Hakadosh Baruch Hu goes on to tell Eov all about the ostriches and the and the and the. Leviathan and the Sharabar, whatever you know, whatever these creatures are, but they are certainly embodiments of, of the incredible reality of the natural world and how this is an awesome and incredible thing, and it has to exist. It has to be there. And part of the challenge of being human is that we need to navigate both living in a relationship with a Kaddish Baruch Hu, but we can't not participate in the world as it is because if the world isn't real then nothing is real and then nothing that we even do with ourselves is real and, and the tachlis of the bria according to a kodesh baruch which is let's say is the chabad makim say to uh you know to to be um to have a dira have a dira but for, for the well you know you can't have a dear but if there are no tachtoin Okay, so this so this whole idea that on the one hand I'm good, you know, I'm going to be a child of a Kaddish Baruch, I'm going to be, you know, bonimatem l'Hashem l'Keichem, you know, but then and and then I expect somehow to just go flying around, oh, every Hashem is going to take care of everything, Hashem is going to take care of everything. It's gaiva, because you also have to understand the other side of the equation. The other side of the equation is you are a creature, you are a creature in the universe, and this is part of the process. And figuring out how to work with 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 being a creature in the universe and being banimatem, you know, being a being a child of a kodesh baruch Hu and living in both of these worlds and making it work—that's that is life. Okay, so so I I I take a 
quite a bit of umbrage with people who use the, you know, who use the panemius, who use the, the inner experience of, of the world as, as a manifestation of a Kaddish Baruch Hu as a, as, a, as a way of avoiding taking responsibility for the realities of existing. Okay, and, and I think that there is a tendency within, once again, since I don't like to be confrontational with anybody, I'm just saying this, everybody can take a look at themselves and take a look at the way that they, they behave and make their own conclusions. But I certainly believe that there are, you know, groups within, within Judaism where, where I feel like I can throw away the constraints of regular existence because the Kaddish Baruch has given me this wonderful dimension. And no, you know, it doesn't work like that. If you think that a Kaddish Baruch has given you this wonderfully dimension because you're such a great guy, and, and now you're free from, okay, doesn't work that way. It work, probably works that way in a limited sense. You know, coming, there's, there's, there's a mission, a call mission, a call mission, Okay, but once again, you know, within reason, you can't say, so therefore I'm just going to walk down the street in the middle of traffic. Okay, so, um, and in, in, incidentally, I mean, I, Baruch Hashem, have seen, like I said, seen enough Nisitavinifloyas in my own life, okay, that, that I celebrate them, and I, I'm, I'm mighty to HaKadosh Baruch Hu all the time. You know, I try not to be the kind of Jew that, that, uh, that cries out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu when I need something, and then when, you know, and then when, then when he, then he gives me stuff, I say, well, you know, okay, you know, I just I just enjoy it and forget where it came from. Okay, I'm very you know I'm very careful to be um, you know to to be marich b'hayda as much as I am b'sheilas tzurachoy. Okay. Well, look, but I, you know, Nelson, I, I would say that you know if, if Natan was here listening, I think he'd be nodding his head and saying, "Of course, I agree with you completely." In, in some ways, yeah, I think he would be. 70. In some ways, I think I think he would. But be, but you I, see, I think, he, I think not completely I, seventy-five, eighty percent. I think what he's you know, his, his, his point was, was, uh, and, you know, was that, um, that this uber knowledge um, becomes paramount in people's mind. The uber knowledge of God being behind everything. This uber knowledge of the constant recreation of the universe happening every moment. And the fact that, you know, how God in his ultimate rut zone, what he wants from us and the ultimate plan. And that, that, that the Haredisha world, keeping that paramount in their minds, uh, drop the ball consistently on the other things, um, and I think that's really yeah. now. And so, that's that's frankly the the point that I would absolutely disagree with with uh, with Reb on on this uh, on this matter is that you know he presents it once again as either this or that. You know, either you're a rationalist and you believe that the world is real and then you, you know, and then you just have to do, you know, you have to do everything in your power to, you know, to uh, make sure that things go the way that you, they need to go. You know, and he and he fails to realize, I think, that the importance of having that, let's call it the mystical experience of reality, the two, the two things do not cancel each other out. And in the world of Kabbalah, by the way, and and since we mentioned the the Kamar Nareb of last week, so we can add this little bit about him, where he where he goes in his in his comments that Kia Shaifer and in his major his major point is that is that Shaifer and Chageti Yisrael is is you know the external reality of the world, 
okay, and and that uh, and that uh, Pesach is is from the side of Panemius Eilam, it's the inner the inner experience of the world. Both of these things are extremely extremely important. I mean, the inner experience of, of reality is is real. Okay, you once again you cannot you cannot divorce the two sides from each other. Otherwise, you know, if you don't have reality, then life is a dream. Further. I would go further that it, that if you do do what Slifkin is doing, that you rip the kishkas out of of Tyrannus as well. Yes. Because we know, as, as you know, as has been clearly demonstrated by those that followed in the Rambam's path, although of course, as Rav Cook says, the Rambam himself uh, clearly, you know, lived on an elevated plane and the Tamim that he came up with, despite the fact that they were based on the, you know, the, these, these these phony books that, that he thought were real and explained all these mitzvahs. But the Rambam's Neshama soared with that understanding that the mitzvahs were yeah, so, the, uh, that the mitzvahs were so... Nabataean... But the, the Nabataean farming manual, yes, right? Is, is, which is he funny. felt was yes, which he felt was you know was was the <laughs> incredible find that really sh- brings a spotlight onto where a Judaism was. I, again, the Raman himself, you know, uh, as you can see in many places, realized that you know God recognized where we were and decided to push us forward. So the Rambam, as as, as the Ramban says, eventually you know gets to a point. You know where he's he's relishing the dvekus, he's feeling the, the the sweetness and connection to God. He's sensing uh, an, an otherworldly presence in ways that Swiftkin, of course, doesn't even dream about. So again, that's another question about the Rambam's pseudo mysticism. But what what I'm saying is is that if you if you stay on his side of the fence. And basically, you know, you come up with rational reasons. For example, one of the things that Swiftkin is, uh, is a champion of, I keep on using the word champion, I don't know why, but, uh, you know. Well, because he's a champion. I mean, he's a, you know, the, guy, the guy's a fighter. He's a fighter. Okay? Is that man, they, 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 believe... they threw everything. You know, listen, I, you, have to, you have to admire the man, as far as I'm concerned. You have to admire the man for, for just not taking it laying down. You know, they, 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 they picked the wrong guy to mess with. Yes, and, turn, you're right, and it was it was a big mistake. Yeah, it was a big mistake to to turn him into their enemy. He became this, uh, you know, this you know, the, the poison pen uh, scientific scientific Englishman. And if you can't get, you know what I'm saying, all the things yeah. work together to make him oh. an effective antagonist. But here's here's my point. My, yeah. my point is is that, um, you know the. When you when you basically say, look, you can't really do a mitzvah for someone who's dead, right? This is one of his points as well. Shadim really never existed at all. Um, you, you you can't learn, as I say again, you can't learn to school someone who's not here. Um, the idea that somehow you can connect a mitzvah to somebody else—all the things that we that we that we sort of take for granted in from our world—the uh, idea that I did this lili nishmosa, you you were makdish the last two weeks of shiurim to your mother. Slifkin doesn't believe in that. Slifkin doesn't believe that that it's really possible for me to affect someone who's not me, <laughs> right? Um, right. And so I think what you end up with is a very uh, a, a, a clinical and cold Judaism. Um, it's it's a it's a cold Judaism that I think, um, uh, in a way, takes away the hope. One of the things that I think. Uh, allows mysticism, gives mysticism its power. It's not only that it explains things beyond some sort of specific issue of the Nabataeans or the Kalam or something like that, but it also lends, it lends itself, if you really relish it, to an ecstatic feeling doing mitzvahs. 
there's a, there's there, mm-hmm. there's a reason why the idea of dveikus to the Aiden Sully for whatever it is you're being misdabbing to um, allows a person, whether again, Swiftkin and others and Gratz and all company will say it's all these fantasies and Vimeonos, but what it does is it vivifies uh, the Torah life and mitzvahs. It makes every bracha a, a different experience. It, it it allows a person to actually live, and as Gershon Sholm has pointed out, in the in a situation like is, is of, of, of poverty and of, of deprivation, and yet be incredibly besimcha because mm-hmm. of the recognition of God. Those are things that I think from if, if, if you're going to you know be the rationalist Jew, you're going to have a hard time uh, dealing with. It's going to be very hard right. to, to explain how this tzaddik who lived in such deprivation was, was so happy and that his life was an incredible model. And even the tzaddikim, it doesn't have to be the tzaddikim in the Baal Shem Tov's time. Even someone like Rabbi Yoshev, um, you know, who to me, uh, you know, living in a small apartment in Yerushalayim, not knowing so much about what was going on in the world, but to, to relish that image and to see it as something beautiful and great, you know, uh, you know, people who are in that, you know, in the Swiftkin mode can't understand that at all, right? And they, they, they see it as, you know, they see it as, uh, as, as you know, what's going on here. You, mm-hmm. you, you know, you, you, you are, uh, don't you really, isn't this an experience? You have, you have given me like a mountain of things to, of things to respond to. So I'd, I'd like to Okay, I'd all right, like good, I'm sorry for that. I'd like to respond to something before okay. I forget what I was okay. going to no, say. No, I, no. Okay, I'm sorry, you know, again, I was just... <laughs> no, no uh, need I, to apologize. Like I said, okay, I, I yeah. let you talk for a while, and I just wanted to just... And, I'm, and it's not that I let you talk. I wanted to hear what you had to say. I just think yeah, that, well, I, I, I just think that, you know, like I said, I think Slifkin is, is dancing on the graves of these people. I think that Slifkin okay. is using... I think he's using the. So the, right. I think he's so using let me, this tragedy me... as a way to uh, to uh, to strengthen what he considers his whole worldview, and I think that right. that is and, and it would be it would be wrong for people to to uh, to abandon mystical ideas and ideals for that reason. But go ahead, Nelson. Okay. Yeah. So let me let me start with uh with this that for one thing i'm a i'm a, as, as like you i am a wonderful appreciator of the rambam you know after i had had my fill of hasidish attires for like uh, up until um 1980 or something like that and i i kind of hit a ceiling of sorts um i came back to miami and i was i was back in rubiachan's Zweig's Kolel um, with the Iranians, you know, and I at that point I decided that I was going to to do this project. I was going to attack the Moren Vuchim, okay, because it was something that I I opened up a couple of pages once again and found it to be like Kamar Nerebi, you know, utterly incomprehensible, right? And um, so, like a champion, I, you know, I I uh, I girded my loins and I began to work on the Moira, which, and it took me, um, I know, six or seven years. Like, you know, I started with it right after I got back from Eretz Yisrael and I, I basically did a seam on the Moira while I was on the plane to Eretz Yisrael. I was actually, I was with my father-in-law at the time. Uh, so that it would have been one of those like transitional trips between, between American and Eretz Yisrael. But I did, I did, you know, 
finished the Moira, and I think I came away with it with some with some really interesting understandings of it. But uh, you know, sir, there's I know factually there's a tremendous amount that I got right, and the the thing that comes out of it is that you know since the Rambam's worldview his concept of science, the things that he really believed in as a philosopher um, have been pretty largely debunked by anything that came after the Renaissance. Okay, Sim you know, and like, let's say take, for instance, the Rambam's fundamental idea that, that, that uh, the truth that you know is what lives on after you. And that therefore knowing the truth about what the way the world is, knowing the truth of science is that is that is heaven that is you know that's what Hashem has set aside for you it's the truth that you have accomplished in your life and the highest truth of all is the truth that you cannot know anything about HaKadosh Baruch Hu. you can't know anything about God and therefore God being com completely incommensurate with anything that exists in the in the universe and if you have that truth in your in your mind then that is the truth that is eternity itself Okay, so that is the Hatzlocha Ha'enushis. That is the that is the goal, or that's the success of the human endeavor, is to is to achieve that that status where I know everything, and I know that I don't know the one thing that remains the eternal, you know, the 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 eternal incomprehensible mystery. And you live in the light of that incomprehensible mystery, and it allow you know it touches you, it changes you all sorts of things like that. And that's basically the, the, you know, the last few chapters of the, of the Mora where the, where the Rambam sets forth his, his spiritual path. I'll call upon him if you don't, you know, if you, if the science of the Rambam turns out to be false, then what happens to the Rambam's whole project of, of, uh, of, of knowing the truth. And, you know, the one thing that we come out of, we come out with our experience of the world and with our level of scientific knowledge is that science never presumes to know the ultimate truth about anything, which is entirely different than the Aristotelian model. Okay. So that itself really forces you to, to completely rethink any kind of Rambamist type of ideology as being foundational to a spiritual path. And we also therefore exist in a universe or in a world where for some reason or another, okay, the truths of science and the truths of religion do not seem to match up with each other in any in any reasonable way. Okay, and this once again is completely is a completely new situation when you compare it to the medieval and ancient worldviews that that held sway for thousands of years, which is why we're still kind of fumbling around in a in a highly traumatized state 500 years after the Renaissance. Okay, because we still haven't quite quite figured that out. In order for Slifkin in order to Rabbi, in order for Rav Slifkin, I really respect him tremendously. In order for Rav Slifkin to to be able to propose a true model of rationalist Judaism, he has to, or somebody has to, re-establish the philosophical foundations for rationalist Judaism. Those foundations do not exist anymore. Okay, so that's so so that's rub slifkin's problem with his with his project he can you know he can argue that it's permissible and and maybe even salutary to believe that uh, that the seven days of creations are is, is metaphorical and whatever he can he can say that all he wants but that doesn't mean that he can actually give you a a a um a um a spiritual path that can sustain you the way that kabbalah can 
right? So, and that's probably the reason why I ended up back in back in Kabbalah anyway over over the years because it was pretty obvious that that you know you needed an alternative to 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 the Rambam's philosophy. The Rambam's philosophy couldn't sustain you spiritually simply because his science isn't true. Right. Um, so that's one thing that if I was offering suggestions to Rob Slifkin, I would say, listen, you better get some very, very smart people to rethink your philosophy or to rethink philosophy. Because, you know, you can't have a rationalist Judaism without having a philosophy of rationalist Judaism. What's the end goal of what's the end goal of mitzvahs? What do you, you know? What does it all amount to? Yeah, okay. I, okay, I would say that uh, I'm just going to respond here for a second to, to your sort of veiled criticism of, my, of, my, of what I was saying. First of all. I believe that you abandon the right to be called Rav and have COVID when you don't give COVID to the people who are who are giants in learning and thinking. Um, the I will not forgive him for you know his suggestions uh, about Rav Chaim being you know some doddering old idiot, uh, and and I, I I can't stand that. Again, you know, when I, you know, to me, the Derech Amuna and all that, and I've, I've spoken about this many times, you've heard it, you've heard me uh, say that. And, and, and I believe when someone is Pegea, Be'esh, he, he loses that source. He's very smart and he deserves, again, again I, I could never write his books about animals. I don't understand things in the same way he does. However, um, so let me just explain why I refer to him as Sliskin. Okay. Um, I think that when someone, you know, uh, when, when, when someone is no gay to, to the to the person who is the is is the embodiment of Tater, whatever you feel, you know, whatever he's not, maybe he's not what he was. This, but again, to keep on implying that that he is a, a murderer and that his, his comments are again whether you hold of them or not, but to to churn those things out on a consistent basis means that you lose the right to be part of that rabbinical world. Okay, that's just. Where I'm, where I'm, where I'm sitting on this. Again, keep it to yourself. But to put it out there that everybody should now say, "Oh, Rapheim is this doddering old fool. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's being manipulated by this." And 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 for Rapheim Kanevsky, Rapheim Kanevsky is a joke. How could again? You might want to say that to your wife in your kitchen, but when you when you when you when you promote that and you put it out there and then everybody retweets it and sends it away, then what you've done is is horrible. Okay, uh, again, that's just that's just on that level. Okay, why I'm calling him Slifkin, and I respect you, Nelson, for 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 calling him Rabbi because you're, I guess, not as uh, much of a hothead as I am as far as that goes. But that's really my yeah, you know, that's, and that's and really uh, my. And- or whatever the whatever the language is you know look when he he's he's been he's been through a lot he's been through okay, a whole hell of a lot right okay but, 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 and but again there's gotta you know, be a, there's got to be a limit and and you and you, you could fo- you could fume about it in private fume about it with your friends but when you go out there and you take the people that are and again as i said I don't want to get into this whole thing because I've done it. Before. Yeah, because we're just going to argue about okay. it. It's, it's All right, so that's about that. Any point now let's it. talk about this other thing here. Look, uh, you know, you you you've been kind to the Rambam, but really, I I, I, I and, and I also believe in that. And I'll tell you what I would, uh, what I think. The Rambam. Let's talk about the Rambam's uh, supposition. I look at a tree. I'm not looking at the finite tree. I understand the way trees work. I understand the essence of trees. I understand what the, what the forms are about. Okay, the Rambam's understanding of trees, as you said, you know, is not 
scientifically accurate anymore, right? Because according to him, it's part of some sort of yesod that's out there in the four yesodos of where growth and right. plant life comes from. So when the Rambam walked around in a park and he looked at trees and he noticed them, he didn't just notice their smell and notice their height, but he recognized the essence of what trees were. And therefore they became part of this great world of ideas that was part of the Seichel Apoel, and that's the reason why, unlike, mm-hmm. unlike a, an average Joe who could tell you the height and the size of the tree and to tell you how much shade it gave, the Rambam actually understood the essence of where trees come from and where they're, let's use a Kabbalistic term for now, where they're mishtalshal from, and therefore he was already connected to everything he saw, not to something that's finite, but something that was that idea of it. Now, so Nassim right. is now saying, well, but scientifically, that's incorrect. So the Ramah Mushitasa, Lachora, doesn't have a Nishama in that same way that's going to have that type of Chiyus forever. Correct. Right? Because, the... because so, so the Ramah's Nishama, Mushitasa, should be part of it, shouldn't even be here, right? It, it shouldn't have right. that. So, the, the, so, so, so fortunately, the Rambam is probably wrong about that, too. Right. You know, so, I, certainly, I certainly hope that he is. Right. So, uh, so the way Rav Kook... Chas v'shalom, you know, chas v'shalom, the you know the old idea, which exists in some of the philosophers also, that the you know the reason why kaifrim don't have olam haba is because they're simply inheriting the reality that they that they that they create. But, but but here's the yeah. thing, and I think the end of Marnevuchem, and even really the whole thrust of the sefer, it, it, even in, in parts of Mishnah Torah where you see it as well, where where it, where it bleeds through, the fact that the Rambam you know describes this type of dvekus that eventually gets there. Um, and the fact that the Rambam, it was a reality to him, and that he really felt, even though it was through this fictional and sometimes incorrect understanding, but above that was this dveikus to uh, an ultimate being that he uh, was dedicating his life to and all his energies to. And of course, that's the reason why the Rambam, you know, the Heichel, even according to the Baal Shem Tov, the Heichel of the Rambam is higher than the Baliatesis and higher than all these other non uh, you know, non-rationalists. You know, unlike the Goyen and others who, you know, you know, who felt that the Rambam had sort of like ruined himself by uh, engaging in, 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 you know, in, in so much Aristotelian philosophy, the Chassidim, like the Besht and the Shifchei Besht and other places, realized that you know where that the Rambam's uh, cognition of God being everywhere and being part of things was was so immense and incredible, and he was so gifted. In, 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 in writing about it in ways that, that entrenched themselves in people's consciousness, but the Rambam is clearly in a, a tremendous heichal, uh, you know, even from a, from a mystical standpoint. And, um, you know, and I think that that, again, but what I just said is something that, you know, I'm not sure if Natan Slivkin uh, would, would agree with. And I, and as you, you're right, uh, Slivkin has a big job of, of, and, and, and I'll give him that. He does make science uh, exciting. He does try with his biblical zoo and other things uh, to, to encourage everybody in Klal Yisrael to understand the Nefloya Sabayre and the greatness of the way things are. And all those things are, 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 should be lauded and applauded. Uh, and there should be more of that going on. Uh, I, I think, what I, what I, once again, what I would be trying to tell Reb Nussin if he was if he was listening was there's a vast amount of work. If you want to do rationalist Judaism properly, then you can't just debunk non-rationalist Judaism. You have to actually create a, the philosophical scaffolding of rationalist Judaism, which can exist in the, in the 21st century. 
Okay. And there's some, there's, there's some challenges there. Though, by the way, there's also a lot of philosophers that out once again, if you, you know, you're not going to go back to Aristotle, but let's say, let's say you went to Levinas or you went to Husserl, which was, you know, two, two years, right? Husserl, Husserl created phenomenology. Levinas um, um, created, um, I don't know, whatever the heck you call it. <laughs> um, you know this 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 uh, this idea of the face and the inherent uh, relatability between between people and and totality and infinity is so, you know that's 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 Levinas, and I'll throw another Jew into the into the into the mix. There's you know there's uh, there's Wittgenstein the younger and there's Wittgenstein the later. Okay, where Wittgenstein the later completely reversed all of his philosophy from from his first phase where he wrote the tractatus, you know, and and let me, I'll throw in another yid. A guy by the name of Ernst Cassier, who who came up with these, these brilliant three volumes on on the philosophy of symbolic forms. Okay, there is work to do. I mean, if you want to, you know, if you if you want to do the work, I to some extent, you know, Lefikat Sichli. Okay, um, you know, I had I had Pinchas Klein in my life. You know, sure. He was, he was oh boy, very, I haven't heard very that much name. encouraged me. Boy, I haven't heard that name in such a long time. <laughs> Yeah, he also seems, to, I think, to have morphed into somebody that that I that I had much less, uh, you know, his cashers with later on, because um, I think he, you know, he seemed to have repudiated, repudiated a lot of the a lot of the things that I found very appealing with him to begin with, um, but you know, he allowed me and you know to to begin to touch that uh, you know that that philosophical depth, and and you know there's 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 stuff that you can get from from um, the ideas of, of uh, you know anthropology and 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 different different you know different uh, forms of psychology. It's a whole you know, it's a whole universe out there. Most of the stuff that I that I ended up with in the end uh, turned out to be actually very much supportive of of Judaism as a spiritual path and and uh, and of Kabbalah, which is so. I I really have a tremendous harmony between between all the philosophical stuff that i that i studied and and the and the, and the kabbalah that i learned go figure maybe i'm crazy about that but that's an old accusation by me i mean the uh, nozer did you know the nozer did similar things to that oh yes yeah the nozer and ruf cook okay let me let me be machalic here the nozer came from that world and was able to when he discovered kabbalah to be able to to take strands and to take similarities kolanavua is really a way to right in many ways you know uh, a way to extract from what was considered i guess the philosophical vogue of the time and to find the kabbalistic strands and push them towards kabbalah i think Rav cook was someone who okay yeah that fits like kabbalah okay that fits like kabbalah because Rav cook didn't study didn't go to study these things but when 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 he heard about them whether it was einstein's theory or anything else Rav cook was able to somehow with the brilliance and and and, and his single-mindedness was able to show the affinities and the similarities and ways that they were similar to Kabbalistic thought. I, I think I'm correct as far as that goes. In terms yeah, of- I mean, he, he wrote he wrote a new Meir Nevuchim, Rav Kook, which was which was never published until until recently. I mean, it's out it's out now. You can obviously obviously get it. Very interesting. I mean, I didn't I didn't read very much of it, but but it's probably the most readable thing I think that Rav Kook ever wrote. <laughs> he definitely struggled with language. Um, but, but but again, to, to me, to, to me, he beat up, he beat up 
long bitch. I'm saying, if you read, I mean, he himself in his poetry talks about how language is, is stifling him, that he believes what he's doing you know, is, is somehow beyond language. And, you know, you, you mentioned before me going off in the mouth over there. I mean, Ruff Cook can <laughs> talk about paragraphs that go on and on. Ruff Cook can, uh, you know, Ruff Cook can take you to places that, you know, way beyond zebra. Uh, in, in, you know, in, in one package. Uh, and again, I, I say somebody like Rav Cook, for example, you, you mentioned, uh, is really, once again, you know, a, 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 a complete repudiation of, you know, you know, the mystical, you know, rational versus mysticism. Um, you know, Rav Cook was able, as he says in Arpolito or in other places, he didn't duck, you know, when he, when there was yeah. another Zerim, he didn't duck and it's just, you know, you know, he was actually, you know, gr- gracious, understanding, excited, and he realized that that the that mystical thought really is, is able to absorb, comprehend, elevate, and, and is therefore even something that has such you know ancient, you know, decrepit baggage as you know, let's say, as elements that, that you find in the Rambam today. Um, I just wanted to mm-hmm. say one little pushback on one other thing, and, and I don't know if you agree with me or not. Maybe it's you know maybe uh, maybe I got this wrong. You mentioned before that there's this dichotomy between the the Tishrei mentality and the Nissan mentality, right? Sort of that's basically what you were saying, and that the Nissan mentality is is, is a creation yesh it's, it's 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 really this new year that's not really part of the the typical year of 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 of, of building and normative. Uh, laws and rules it's really like miracles every second which is kind Mm -hmm. of and and that's the balance of the year this is the way this is what rabbi gluck was saying um we we know however that uh, based on the halachos of the darim and halachos of baltachir and even the way it's described by by people as far back uh even in the midrashim and by yikarabba and by the rosh and his brother that there's a pattern, it goes to Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot. Sukkot is the culmination, right? Sukkot is the culmination of this of this process. So it's interesting, again, again from your perspective, that that the Pesach is where it starts, and yet the Shlemus of the Avodah that we'll, let's say will start on Pesach reaches its height on Shminatzeris, where you know somehow within Teva, within nature, within the harvest. Within you know the aspects of, of Brias Ha'olam that Rosh Hashanah is supposed to indicate, you actually do have um, all that um, you know, has reached its apex, right? Okay, so that, that that I think I know that's not a contradiction. What you're saying it's a good kasha. It's a it's, okay. it's a very good it's a very good kasha. The second point um, I'm going to make about that, which is one more point on that, Nelson Yom Kippur, of course, is beyond. You're right about Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is definitely Hayom Haras and Kippur is like the that's beyond the Bria. Like there is no salt. Like somehow on Yom Kippur, especially you know, there's the Isgalus of Yichida in the way that you know that Masalik all Averis and, and and Yom Kippur is really to me, you know, it's like it, it's it's the it's the moment where Elokus makes its, its its presence known more than any other day of the year. Maybe Purim in, in, in some people's minds. So you know there is that 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 Yom Kippur moment. It's true you you then settle into going you know sukkahs and and everything that you know the sukkah means and, and very much in terms of the the seder abriya. But there is that 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 moment of Yom Kippur. Maybe for many people it's only the last few minutes of Neila where that occurs. That is obviously the 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 place where 
everything collapses. You know, I think, you know, if I don't, I've never had an acid trip and I, I don't know what it's like to sort of like, you know, f you know, reality to fold itself uh, into itself and somehow finding yourself floating beyond reality. But I have come close on Yom Kippur that way. Mm -hmm. I think that, and then if I, if I, if I think about the years of my life, I measure them by where I was on Yom Kippur. Anyway, I just wanted to throw that at you as well. Okay, so I'm, I'll I'll respond to the second point. The first point is like it's 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 a good kasha, you know. But I'll I'll bypass this. The 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 second point um, is important because there is ein seif in every in every dimension. Now, one of the things that they that they teach when you start learning rashash is that everything has depth and height. So when you're talking about chitzonius and panemius, so there's there's two levels to that. You know, in the on the one hand, you know now well now I'm in chitzonius, so I'm going to get to some place higher or different or more profound if I go from chitzonius to panemius. When I go from chitzonius to panemius, let's say I'm moving from malchus to malchus dasia of chitzonius into malchus to malchus dasia of panemius. So that's a movement inward. That's a movement where you go from, uh, you know, from from Chutzlar to Eretz Yisrael, and from Eretz Yisrael to Yerushalayim, and from Yerushalayim to Harabayis, and from Harabayis to, uh, you know, to to Ezra's Noshim and Ezra's Noshim, and you're going inward all, you're going inward all the time. You're also going slightly upward, you know, geographically, but and that's um, that has something to do with it. But each one of these dimensions also has like an elevator that goes up, and each elevator goes up to some place that's the same height. Because let's say if the, if the absolute opposite of the lowest level, which is let's say Malchus to Malchus Dasia, okay, is you're going to be going up, let's say, to Kesser to Kesser of Adam Kadma. Let's say that's the top of the elevator. So sure, if you're in Chitzonius, you also have an elevator that goes up to Kesser to Kesser da Ak. But it's still Kesser to Kesser da Ak of Chitzonius. And you can, and you know, and reality will fold up, and you'll be one with God, and you know. But what's going to come out of it in the end is just a chasima. It's just a, it's, it's just a signature. It's the signature that is the blueprint for the reality of life, and and your parnasa, by the way, among other things, for the rest of the for the rest of the year. I mean, the fact that is also an indication that here, this particular thing we're dealing with, we're you know, we're dealing with the dimension of chitzonius. Don't downplay Chitzonius. Chitzonius can take you all the way to Ein Saif, and it does. But on the other hand, so can Pneumius. And when Pneumius goes all the way to Ein Saif, it's, it's different. It's not any less or more. It's just, it's, it's simply different. Okay. Mm -hmm. So and that would be and that would be the yeah. the answer to that. And by the way, and and this is really so so important. Like, like people who are trying to read maybe the Balshemtov, you know, Sefer Balshemtov, or or you know that the uh, Sefer that's uh, that's gathered together from all sorts of quotes from the Balshemtov from all sorts of places with lots of commentary Sa by the Minor Rebbe. No, not Sefer. No, the Sefer Sefer Balshemtov Alatayr, right? right? Where we're we in with. Yeah, with it, there's a whole shar hatfila, right? So the first thing that he tells you about shar hatfila is that you have you have you have neshamos olamos and elikus, and and each os exists in neshamos and olamos and elikus, and then they and they rise up as you combine them. Okay, if you don't understand the relationship between depth and 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 height, then you have no idea what he's talking about. 
I'm just saying, you know, the Baal, the Baal Shem Tov was well aware of this, and, and he had to have been aware of it because it's worked out with great detail in its time. Okay, there's there's Ovi and there's Orech. You know, there's 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 thickness, there's density, and there's and there's height. Okay, so don't be surprised if you can have a Madrega in in uh, in uh, Chitzonius, which is Elikus, at the top of the you know at the top of the elevator, and and it, it might very well be that on Shavuos, which is the high point of of uh, of um, Panemius, you know maybe you don't reach that same point. But it doesn't matter. I mean, there's, I guess there's a reason for that if you don't. Um, okay. So I think that would be about about as as good as I can say it without without overburdening uh, the listeners. But it's an important point. Very yeah, very it's, very, it's very sort of, point. I, I, I think what you've done, if if I comprehend it correctly, you know, you've you've salted and um, sort of dampened my my Yom Kippur now. <laughs> Because now you know, I I you know, I, I look for in a way like okay yeah okay but at the end of the day okay now you're back there okay this is basically a chasima on your oil haza and and how much you know and how much money you're gonna make right yeah okay you had to go all the way up there to really comprehend you know the the mechanism. well you also have you also have mechila savinus you know but right, mechila savinus is also in chitzonius ultimately where do you, where where do avinus where do avinus come from. You know? That, most mostly right, they but, reside in Chitani. Right, but but I understood that Nelson, and again, I'm not arguing with you because you know I, I'm not as well versed, I, I don't think, in this area. But the way I understood it was that the reason why Mechilas Abonos happens is because that's part of that's part of the choices that you made with your Bahira. Those are things that you did, and many of you, you can't undo stuff. It's impossible to undo things. You hurt this person, you stole from that person, you you, you were Mitzizer Lato, whatever it was, you were Mistakal over here, you uh, you know you, you wore that shotness, you were Machal Shabbos. Hmm, something happens here. You who do you think you are? You're more than just you. You are something different. You are yes. There's a part. There's not only a part of you. You're essentially not you. And even though you you live in this hishtalshulus of you, there's the thing that really permeates and gives you life and is responsible is something that is the is not only the real you. It's the real everything. And because of that, once you recognize that, you can get mechila because because that's that's and you can bring that back into the world with you because you touch that so therefore you can't be punished for that you can't uh be considered to, getting gehenna for all that stuff because you've actually moved beyond where 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 you know sort of what like um, doc brown says at the end of uh, back to the future you know roads you know <laughs> who needs roads we're not you know where we're going there they don't even exist and I think that's, you know, as a, as a DeLorean folds itself up and it goes out there, that's really, you know, the, I guess, the image that I have of, 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 of how that mechila is possible. It would seem to be the ultimate, like for Slifkin, I'm a, I would say, mechila? How could that work? How is it possible that you can undo what, what you did? How could it be possible that God should certainly not hold you responsible? Unless you really, you know, dive into that mystical pool, then everybody is bound by uh, by the actions and, and, and of what they did. You can't just say that mechila works because people, you know, decide to hug themselves and sing kumbaya. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, the whole Look, the whole point the whole point of mechila wouldn't really be a point. You know, there there really wouldn't be even 
a thing such as machila if reality wasn't real. So that kind of gets you back to the to the chitzonius. Oh, you did something. You did something. You, oh, this was an event. It really happened. And once it happened, it can't be. It can't be undone. What you can do is you can take it up to Einstein. You can be mizvad, and then it becomes the god's ma'aseh. And 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 you're and you're mizbatel. Okay. But what you've created over there is is the is the is the template. You know, when you when you when you take your previous life and you give it to our Kaddish Baruch, what you've created is the template for what comes into being during during the coming year. So you know that whole that whole that whole chasima has to come floating back down from Ein Saif to to a position where it can be misyached with Zeranpin in, in in the present, and then there you have another you know there you have a new year, which is which is Sukkot. I'm just kind of paraphrasing. I understand. I understand. But but, but I think also, Nelson, and, and I think that the belief in this in this mystical pool, this mystical essence, I think is also so life affirming because it means that we're not necessarily prisoners of of our parents and our phobias and things that occurred. There there is, and I think here Swiftman should should be on our side. There's a there's a free choice that that can be made by going to that place, and I think that can alter. Truly, your life and the person isn't the same person. Like Rosen's wife wasn't the same person after he had that Yom Kippur experience. And I think all of us can can take that trip to the bountiful, so to speak, and come back and, as the Rambam says, and be completely different. And that we aren't going to be that way. And and we really, it's like, and that I think doesn't happen just because of a determination. I think it happens through the gift of connecting to that to that beyond, and and and, and mm-hmm. that really is part of, you know, the, I think the same that that's part of the beauty I think of of, of, of mystical life, and the way it could it could permeate and we can touch it and it be, and we become different, we become an ishacher. The magadim is rich becomes an ishacher after seeing the balshemtiv. Torah does that, um, whether it's whether it's you know whether it was um, Klein. Or, or or Zweig, whoever it was, um, the kalim of Torah that that permeate through people and then connect to us, we talk and become different, despite all the time we spend speaking about you know the baggage that we have. But in many ways, the engine that 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 causes us to go from place to place is the engine of of, of spirituality that that's a real that's real, it isn't just necessarily some sort of you know some sort of stuff in our DNA and it's part of our, anyway, and I think that, that yeah. gives people hope. Yeah, there's, you know, absolutely. I would, there isn't, there isn't a <laughs> word that you said that I wouldn't sign off, <laughs> I, sign off on. I hear. So the on only, that note, I think only, we do, only, do, we yeah, do have I'll, to sign off, but go ahead though. So okay, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta just, word. I have to just tell you this, um, that, you know, when I, when I learned the things that I learned about, about the whole sugi about Pesach, about about the you know Tishrei and 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 Nisan, okay. Um, it did not actually undo the intensity of my experiences of Yom Kippur. It, it simply it really really ratched up the intensity of my experiences of Pesach. Okay. okay. So you know I figure I figure I've I've actually gained out of the out of the out of the experience and no, no, and look, uh, you know. In, in 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 the end, in in the end, just want you to know that the, the same day, you know, like when you have Tishrei Nevra Olam, you know, there's an argument: was the world world created in Tishrei? Was the world created in in uh, in Nisan, right? But when you go back to the Sheshis Imei Bereshis, 
the day that is both Pesach and Rosh Hashanah, okay, is the sixth day. That's it. That's you know, and all of all of the drushes fall along the fall along those same lines. You know, it, the the sixth day of creation was the original day of Midas of the of uh, Yemadin, where Adam Rishon was judged, and the and um, it was also Pesach because the whole sugya of chametz and matzah, the you know uh, the the eight sadas um, was was nechmatz, but it should have been matzah. That you know, so all of the all of the drushes all line up on the same on the same point in time. Look, then love, you have to ask I, yourself. I, I, I love the confusion. Then, excuse me, then you then you have to ask yourself the interesting question. So how is it that you have the same day in that shows up on two sides of the year and where's the chicken and where's the egg okay which one was really first and then of course all the Mepharshim were telling you that neither one was really first it's really first is the sixth day of creation and when you can straighten that little puzzle out in your mind okay you have I think the ultimate answer to the problem of the age of the universe and all sorts of other problems that uh, that you know, people are confounded by. Well, we can invoke uh, Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Yeshua on that, and and I know that you know when when I see those two names, you know my you know my yeah. Talmudic sense, uh, you know, really becomes aroused. Oh, Rabbi Lezer, Rabbi Yeshua, you really have these two, you know, these two yin and yangs, and here they are arguing about whether it's his, whether it's. And we and we we paskin like both of them, you know that we paskin absolutely both sides of the equation. That's right. Just depends on what halacha for Rosh Hashanah. We paskin like uh, like well, I don't know Rabbi Yeshua. In terms of what's considered when the year right. starts, in terms of Shemitahs right. and, and stuff like that. But we also well, pass it. We also pass it like Rabbi Yoshua when it comes to Birch HaSachamo. Yeah. All right, Nelson, we'll leave some, some more for right. next time. Take care, my friend. Check you out. Okay. Um, and I, 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 I really got a lot from this, and I hope uh, our listeners do. Take oh. care, everybody. Catch you next time. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.